And you're now tuned in to the I Don't Know Who podcast. What's good, everybody? Back with another episode for y'all. Um, it's now three weeks since I posted the last episode. I apologize about that. Um, if y'all still tuning in, thank y'all so much. Um, like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Um, in 2023, I got work to get this into audio format. Um, so working on getting the quality of the podcast up so it's not just like me on my phone um but anyway uh, I guess we should talk about the stratosphere of the league um first team I want to talk about um I want to talk about the Boston Celtics. Um, this was a team that I thought was going to see a demise based off the, the whole off-season debacle. Much like how the Warriors are kind of seeing their demise. I actually probably thought the Warriors would be a bit more sustainable than what Boston had. Due to the fact that the Celtics actually lost personnel due to their off-season debacles. Um, the Suns just lost their owner, so... Um, even they didn't lose, like, on-court personnel. So I thought that we might have seen a Celtic sluggish start that they may not overcome in this tough Eastern Conference. But instead, they're just looking to be the best team so far in the mix of things. Um, really, in my opinion, the top four in the East is just the top four teams overall in the entire NBA. I think the Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland Cavaliers, Milwaukee Bucks, and Boston Celtics right now have dynamic players at number one and number two options to where they're just better than anything that the Western Conference can put out. Um, Right now, Jeremy Grant is probably like the best, the most consistent second option out West. And if it's not him, there's Desmond Bain. Um, maybe it's too early in the season to really have my opinion on what that means for that conference and that realm of basketball. Point being, um, I mean, the Sixers, we just saw what Joel Embiid did. We just saw what James Harden was capable of doing to start the season. So they'll be in the mix of things. Miami's getting back into the groove of things. Um, Toronto's in the mix as well. So it's really impressive that Boston has really started off the season well and has solidified itself to be the best team in the NBA going on a seven-game win streak as of date. Um, Jason Tatum's the MVP candidate right now, and he's honestly probably the leader of the MVP award race if it's not Giannis Antetokounmpo or John Morant. In my opinion, um, Steph Curry has too many L's. Uh, Luka Doncic is up there as well. He's he, he's probably debatable in the mix, as well as Jokic. Jokic is for sure in the mix. Um, There's a lot of guys that have really been contributing to winning basketball. But but what sets what separates Tatum and Giannis to me from what those other guys that I named were is the defensive impact that they're able to have in games. At this point, we need to accept the fact that Jason Tatum is an all-NBA defender caliber player. 
Um, if not first team, at least second team. Um, he's honestly, like I've said on this podcast before, the most dynamic defender on that team due to length, which gives him the suitability that even Marcus Smart doesn't have. He's still quick on his feet with quick hands to make play on the ball and be a point of attack defender. It's just really hard for me to not see Tatum as his top five basketball player. Um, get into the rim a little bit better this season so far, though I'm not too sure how sustainable that is. This is the 82 game season. Um, I still want him to keep that mentality throughout the entire season and postseason. Attack the basket hard. I don't want to see him falling around, flailing around, sure shots and things of that nature. I don't want to see the gimmicky ways of getting to the foul line. He's six nine and a half. Use that to your advantage. But regardless, though, uh, improving as a playmaker, even as well, um, turning down the turnovers. That were costly in that finals. He's looking to clean up. He's looked to clean up his game. Um, I don't want to just talk out of my arse or anything. So I'm gonna pull up his numbers real quick. I I gotta censor that. Um, he cut down the turnovers to two point four. So, um. I can't I can't name too many players that are better than Tatum right now. I really can't. Um Jalen Brown is still effective as well. About as great as a second option as there is in the NBA. Um still making boneheaded decisions with the ball in his hand. Um There's certain instances where Jalen Brown could pass the ball a bit more keep the offense flowing, but he's very good at breaking the plays and creating a shot for himself. So, um, what that dynamic of what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can do, it's crazy how a season and a half ago we were saying that they should be traded and that they shouldn't be playing together now. They're the duo in the NBA to basically mess with. Um... Facts about the Boston Celtics as far as this season goes. Um, the point differential is around six this season. Um, which means they're getting they're getting comfortable wins against other teams. They're first in an offensive rating. But what's concerning about the Celtics, and which is what I really wanted to make sure I had the numbers to talk about, is the fact that though the point differential is at like six, which is comfortable, they're not as dynamic as a team overall as they were last season when it comes to 
putting an impact in games. Um, <clears throat> especially on the defensive end. They really miss Emi Adoka on that end. Um, and that plus six net rating is top three in the association. Um, but really separated the Celtics in that stretch last season. What made them so much better than any other team in the NBA, aside from the Golden State Warriors, was the fact that they were able to dominate games on both ends as a whole entire team. This hasn't been the case. They missed Robert Williams. Um, I don't know how much of the addition Gallinari is going to help with that neither. Um, but right now, this is the best offense in the league with the 119 offensive rating. So that just goes to show how great of a player Jason Tatum is. Um, and really overall, I don't see how any team can stop what the Celtics can provide. Uh, I don't see any team stopping how dynamic this offense can be. Gallinari can save the floor really well. Jason Tatum's a great score facer. Brogdon can score off the dribble. Jalen Brown can score off the dribble. Um, Derek White. Score, score off the dribble. It's just too... It's, this team is too dynamic. Grant Williams is a great spot-up shooter. This team is too dynamic. This team is way too dynamic for a lot of teams to mess with. Um, Like, is Portland as good as Boston? No. I've, I've seen Portland play now for, like, two games total of basketball. Say about, like, six or seven quarters of Portland basketball. I don't think they can mess with what Boston can offer. I might be overreacting to 14 games, but this is 14 games in the season stretch of Jason Tatum being one of the better basketball players and still getting better at basketball. So it's just like, it's hard for me to really see the trajectory of the Boston Celtics stopping. Now, another team that is very dynamic in this Eastern Conference and is the second best team in the in the East, and in my opinion, in the NBA right now is the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are led by Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is the best player in the association thus far. Not named Stephen Curry, in my opinion, and Stephen Curry is losing basketball games. And much like how the Boston Celtics aren't as dynamic of a defense as they were last year the milwaukee bucks aren't as dynamic as offense as they were last year um let me just go last year there were top three in offensive rating um this season that's down to 23rd this offense is just not good without Giannis on the court and it really shows with the bucks this year so far um again they're still one of the better teams in that rating they're fourth um, but again, that's where this team's weaknesses lies is the offensive production that you can get from everybody in the court. Brooke Lopez has to do a lot with the ball in his hands now. Um, so really this team is really just missing Middleton, what he's able to provide. But if he comes back, this team is about as bound for the championship as there is in the league because with what I said about the Boston Celtics, the Boston Celtics are missing Danilo Gallinari. That doesn't help their answer and Robert Williams though helps the answer he's not as dynamic of a defender as Chris Middleton is of a dynamic offensive player which can change this whole trajectory of what the Milwaukee Bucks have to offer and make them more of a balanced team um <coughs> again oh this team 
filled a bunch of players who can get the job done for fillable roles. Um, Grayson Allen is about as good of a knockdown shooter as there is in the league. Um, Bobby Porter is about as good a rotational big as there is in the league. Brooke Lopez is still solid and still one of the better big men in this association despite his age, which was a concern that I had going into the season, but he proven to me that I shouldn't be concerned about that so far. Um, Drew Holiday is 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 a dynamic two player two way player, and, and unlike the other guy in Brooklyn, he can get a bucket. Um, he's really proven to be one of the better guards in the league still. Um, this team consistency and the way they're able to really take. Grasp of games is it, it, dynamic as any team in the league. And a lot of that is due to Giannis. So those two are for sure the top two MVP candidates. And it's kind of not close after that to me. Um, Because these two, they're just they, those two players just have the two best teams in the NBA. So far. And I... I I know there's a lot of time for that dynamic to change and everything, but there's just not a, there's not a lot of answers that teams can throw for Jason Tatum or Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's just is what it is. And they like what are you gonna do? Like throw Dream Butler on Jason Tatum? Like we've already proven it don't work. Like. I want to talk about my Cleveland Cavaliers next. Um, it started off really well, guys. We started off very, really, really, really well. We started off really well. So I want to say, before we get into the whole couple of L's, before we get into anything, I just want to remind y'all, this team is top three on offense and top three on defense, and they lead the league in net rating. So before we go any further about how we're talking about how much flimsy this team can be, how inconsistent this can be. Before we point out the fatal flaws and the fatal weakness, let's not forget this is a top three offense, a top three defense. Cavs are a top three offense and a top three defense. With all the Donovan Mitchell slander about his defense, that's a top three defense. Yeah, Mitchell slander about Donovan Mitchell being a bad playmaker and this and that, he has a top three offense. Top three offense and top three defense now. Is it a Donovan Mitchell thing? What is Rudy Gobert doing with his team in Minnesota? Oh no, matter of fact, let me. Let me. Check, let me check. What is what is Rudy Gobert doing in Minnesota with all that defensive impact that you guys were telling me for years, 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 years? What is Minnesota on defense? Let me just check really 
let me let me check. Because all that, all that, all that Rudy Gobert talk was nice. All that Rudy Gobert knock is nice, but he has the 21st defense now. The the defense was supposedly all Rudy Gobert. The the the, the Timberwolves are 21st now. Meanwhile, Donovan Mitchell's playing basketball somewhere else now. And granted, he has two elite defensive bigs now instead of one to hide whatever his deficiencies are. Hey, hey, it's top three now. Man, y'all keep talking to me about Poopy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is not a good basketball player, all right? Can we just settle that down now? Like, he is not that good. He's cool, G. He's cool. Put him top anything again. I swear to God. Anyway, though, um, this team is eight and five, and I write about how good they are as an overall team. Uh, however, they've been prone to losing so many leads because beforehand I would have told you that though they're eight and three, they should have been um. <clears throat> Like easily like six and five due to that. The way they've got the stretches of games where they just don't look good, it's bad. And they need to clean up. Because for forty eight minutes they can sustain games to win them. But like within stretches of those games, they just get to sluggish starts. They turn the ball over everywhere. It seems as if Donovan Mitchell sits down and all of a sudden everybody forgets to have a brain on that team after time. They, they they really they really need to they need to figure out how they're gonna make that offense consistent and as dynamic as it is. Because it can't it can't fall off in stretches of games like how it's prone to been doing. Um, but I really love the defensive intensity on this team. This team is about as good of a defense as there is in the association. They're about as good of a team there is in the association. I, there's not a team in the Western Conference that can say they're top five in offense and defense, yet still be in the fourth seed. The Eastern Conference is better than the Western Conference. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep... Preaching it, the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference is better than the Western Conference. Now, the Western Conference cannot hang with the East. We, if you want to watch good basketball games, watch the Eastern Conference head-to-head games, man. You, you are not missing out on much of anything unless you want to watch Luka Doncic spam dribble the ball and Jokic do everything for her team. And then the Atlanta Hawks are top. For as well, um, more of a pedestrian offense than in Cleveland, but the defense has stepped up a notch and is really taking over to win games. Trey Young is another person who is the worst defender ever, supposedly in God's given earth name. The team is six in defense right now. I pull up Trey Young's plus minus on defense. I'm not gonna sit here and say Trey Young clamp up nobody. And with the season he's been having, it's been so egregious. He's not the best player on his team at this point. I will say that with the splits this season, the way he's shooting the ball from the field, shooting from three, he's not better than the Dejounte Murray right now. He's the only thing he's better than Dejounte Murray at is setting up the offense. Um, <clears throat> let me see. 
what's this plus minus? Uh, it's even worse than last year. <sighs> Dre Young really needs to. It's just it's not it's not much he can really do about the defense. It's not too much he can do, but it, what separated him from being super explosive, in my opinion, when it came to playoff time last year, was the fact that he became more of a pest away from the ball, and that's the kind of energy that they're gonna need from him as a whole, in, in order for them to really take get that next level. But right now they're. Flowing about as much as ever, and DeJounte Murray, he's really been the player, the key player to the Atlanta Hawks' success. He really stepped up and made that team his own. Um, Like I said, the only thing is playmaking. The Hawks are dynamic in that for 48 minutes, they can basically play these two guys and um, control the game, for real. Not a lot of teams have that luxury. There's definitely not a team in the Western Conference that has that luxury. As soon as Luka Doncic sits down, as soon as Jokic sits down, as soon as Devin Booker sits down, Josh sits down, woo! Like, we don't, then the Western Conference, not a lot of teams have that luxury. Trey Young can sit down, DeJounte Murray's out there. DeJounte Murray out there, Trey Young can be out there. There's, there's a luxury that this team has that not a lot of teams out West have. Um,. With that being said, though, um, they really do need a player to step up, especially in the front court. John Collins has been underwhelming, and um, so has Clint Capella. I think the best big so far in Atlanta has been Onyeka. I think I think they really need to start flirting with the idea that Onyeka may need to start over Clint. Um, but that's neither here nor there because Onyeka still picks up fouls here and there. Stretches the games to where it's too much to trust them to start in pivotal games. Um, they gotta see Giannis, they gotta see, um, <coughs> they gotta see him beat. So, they're gonna need the discipline defense that Clint Capella provides, but the production just hasn't been there at this point for me to be like Clint Capella needs to be out there over him, it just hasn't. Oh, I really do think it's more concerning than people realize that the Jazz and the Portland Trailblazers are sitting top three in the conference. But if I'm wrong about that, then A, so be it. I just want people to know that though the Blazers are on this crazy start in their last 10, they are 6-4, and four, so they're borderline 500. And I do want to let people know that though we're sucking Laurie marketing off, they lost three in a row now, and they're six and four in the last ten as well. So they're below. They're basically a five hundred team. There's not a lot of good teams out there in the Western Conference from top to bottom. If you look at them on paper or where you look at them on the court, the Blazers are sitting at the top of this conference, and they could have easily lost three games. They're, they're not convincing to me. They were going neck and neck with the Sacramento Kings, which is a team that's right now on fire in the Western Conference. They're, they're just, the Western Conference is a mess. The Western Conference is a mess. And my team's supposed to be good in it. They're supposed to be good in it, but I, we just got a victory finally. I, I don't know what to say. He's, this, this conference is very nasty. This conference is very nasty right now. 
Um, everybody's favorite Minnesota that was supposed to have three top 25 players. They're below 500. They're supposed to have three top 25 players in Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert, and they're below 500. Not to mention they have another top 100 player in D'Angelo Russell, right? So how are they below 500? Y'all gotta talk to me. I don't know. ESPN, come talk to me. Whoever made this, tell, tell me how you compute that. Because it was wrong. I promise it was wrong, but they're the 10th seed right now. Uh, the Pelicans are probably the team that, I, in my opinion, are the most dynamic when it comes to the wing depth that they have. However, it really depends on how good CJ McCollum is going to be. Because right now, the reason why they're the team that's like 8-6 and six and not like 10-4 and four like the Blazers are is because of CJ McCollum's bad play. The difference between the Blazers and the Pelicans right now is CJ McCollum's bad play. So it's just like, if CJ McCollum's going to play how he played the other night that I was watching against the Grizzlies, then that's fine. You're going to shoot like that from three, that's fine. But if you're going to do what you were doing prior to the season and turn the ball over and not getting guys good looks, then we're going to have a middling team that's like... Because right now, top to bottom, I believe in the Pelicans more than I believe in any of the top six. And if you, you want me to be serious, the Mavericks, Grizzlies, and Pelicans are better teams than the Suns, Jazz, Nuggets, and Blazers, in my opinion. But they can't... But the season's clunky right now. It's a little bit weird. I don't know. The only team that I can really comfortably say right now is like like that is Denver. They're half a game back, and I believe that with Jokic there, they're going to be the team to sustain that success. But I don't believe in that team top to bottom. Like, you're not going to tell me that Contavious Carver Pope is going to be the guy to stop Brandon Ingram. You're just not telling me that. You're not telling me that with the straight face of being serious. You're just not doing that. You're not doing that. You're not telling me Contavious Carver Pope is going to stop Luka Doncic. You're not telling me Contavious Carver Pope is going to stop John Morant. You're not telling me he's going to stop Brandon Ingram. You're not telling me that. That's not serious. That's not serious basketball analysis. That's no. No, no, mm-mm. So it's just like, right now the Western Conference is like really like the gulag. And it just sucks because it's a fun gulag to be part of. And my team is nowhere near the mix. And they should be. They really should be. And it's not out of the realm of possibility. They're two and a half games behind Minnesota. But are they going to get there? No. We start, we play Wayne and Gabriel. Like, no. Patrick Beverly's robbing us for money. Like, no. We're not going to get there, sadly. But we should, though. We can. I mean, to be honest, if Braun wasn't there holding the ball for so long to air ball or to, like, throw a pass to Austin Reeves to tell him to do something with five seconds left on the shot clock, we might be a little better of a team. But I don't know it's about LeBron getting his points and leaving this association, right? Because Hero Ball Incorporation is not here for that no more, man. We are not here for Hero Ball Incorporation no more. This is a new league we're in. You better go get a playbook or leave the league. Like, or at least leave my team. I'm I'm annoyed. I'm over it. I'm over it. LeBron, Raymond, James, you can be as good as a basketball player as you are. I'm over the whole gimmicks, man. We have to we have to play basketball. And it's like we well we we won. We won. It's been a long time since we won with that dude number six on the court. We won. And we won. Oh, number 23. My, we won. We won.
Um, with that being said, doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter because. As bad as the Warriors are on the road, they're very good at home. Whatever they do away from the Chase Arena, they just snap out of it for real. Because when they're in Chase Arena, they're about as good as any of the teams in the conference. There's just not a team that's serious right now in the West. Like, I've seen Portland on the road, man. They're not serious. Like, they're just not. Maybe they are more serious than I think they are, man. But they're just not better than Cleveland, Atlanta, Milwaukee, or Boston from what I've seen so far. They're just not. And then there's Toronto in the mix. And y'all know how I feel about Toronto. This analysis about the game of basketball doesn't matter. No. Because the Lakers suck. Um, I think this is going to wrap it up, though. I don't really have too much else to say. There's not too much to talk about. In the atmosphere of basketball right now. Um, you guys can let me know uh, who's the best team out west in your guys' opinion. Is it really Denver and Phoenix and Portland? Because we know it's not the Jazz. We know it's not the Jazz now. We just know it's not the Jazz. We just saw what B did to them, so we know it's not Utah. For Christ's sake, we know it's not Utah. So, um... Portland, Denver, Phoenix, are you the best teams to you? Or are their next three teams better and just haven't had as much favorable matchups? Because in my opinion, that's what it is. Um, do you guys think the East is better than the West? I personally think the East is better. But if you guys do think the West is better, let me know. Um... Who's your MVP candidate? Is Jason Tatum an MVP caliber player right now? Is it Giannis? Is it somebody else? Is it Luka Doncic? That's all I really got for y'all, man. Basketball sucks.